0: And then the ground starts rumbling like oh, no. like an earthquake, oh. and they're I, all of a sudden I realize they're all screaming buffalo, buffalo. And so anyway, I come back the next day. He said Ralph wants to to hire you to ride his horses in the morning, then you'll just do cowboy work in the afternoon. And uh, come to find out, it was Ralph Lauren, the, the clothes guy. Oh, dang! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell me, Craig. Well, I like riding them bucking horses, and I tell him you just ain't rode enough bucking horses yet. <laughs> so.
1: Craig Cameron is a legend in the horse industry, as well as a longtime friend of mine. Go to CraigCameron.com or Ridesmart.com to see the clinics that he offers at his house that you can attend and learn all you need to about ranching. I'd like to thank Rock and Roll Denim and Total Feeds, both sponsors Craig and I have in common American Hat, Can Am Side by Side, as well as Mountain Ops Supplements. Visit RodeoTime.com for the greatest apparel you'll ever wear. Now, on to the podcast welcome ladies and gentlemen to the rodeo time podcast we have in the house a legend <laughs> and an old friend of mine World mr Champion. craig cameron yes sir how are you craig um
0: great doing good and uh honored to be here it's good to see you man it's been a while since since we've hung out yeah been a little bit uh yeah it's been i don't know maybe a year or something has like it been that. that long boy time just
1: rolls on by dang it? Yeah. We came to the house. I brought all the interns. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it must have been that long ago. That was
0: good. Do you have some interns now? Or?
1: Yep. Yep. We're uh, we're up to, I think, eight. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, need to, I told some of them. Some of them haven't met you or been to your place yet. And I was like, we need to go back to Craig's and get some more uh, lessons.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Maybe <laughs>
1: roll on down. That was awesome. Well, yeah, so what we're talking about it. is Craig's a, a horseman. And, um, so Try he was, be,
0: you, know, you know, a lot of people call me a clinician, but I actually hate that word. You know, yeah, it yeah. sounds like a mad scientist or something, like right. going <laughs> to the proctologist or something, you know, so,
3: but, uh, yeah, you know so,
0: but I, I like what you said, you know, because that's what I work to be every day is a horse man, you know, and working on my horse to be a man horse, you know, and that's, that, that's a, a two-way street and that's uh, communication. So yeah, that's what I'm working on every day.
1: Yeah, I remember that from. I went. to, I spent a couple summers at Craig's back when I was like thirteen years old, and uh, no, I remember you saying that. Is I think Craig's got an uncanny ability to you know be a horseman, but then also communicate not only with the horse but also with other humans. And so it's you know you've created yourself a career where you're able to teach a lot of people and. Turns out Webster defines that as a clinic, and maybe that's where the word clinician came from regardless whatever you want to call it you know it's a it's a I good know opportunity you were so
0: well informed yeah, right there. <laughs> yeah that was a lot wasn't it Craig? Yeah, yeah that was a lot we're getting into webster's dictionary <laughs> yeah now, so well okay. breaking down
1: what maybe somebody might want to call it a clinician yeah yeah
0: no i understand the or proctologist yeah they're interchangeable oh yeah i'm bringing it on so
1: how many clinics are you doing a year now you know what
0: uh staying busy, as busy as I want to stay. And, uh, uh, sometimes it's, uh, you know, I've traveled so much and I've been lucky and fortunate and blessed to have what I have and get to do what I do. And it's, uh, because of the people that, uh, that come and watch and want to come to learn that I do have what I have and get to do what I do somewhat like you. And so I never take that for granted. So, uh, when I do a clinic or a school, you know, uh, uh I want to give it a hundred percent every time. And, uh, and I think that's why we have a lot of repeat people coming back. But, but you know, uh, like I say, uh, <clears throat> uh, getting up there a little bit now, but I still feel good. I'm working out every day, riding every day. And I always say, you know, if you want to be great at something, you, you got to do it every day. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I continue to get in that saddle every darn day. and uh, uh, But uh, at the same time, just about as busy as I want to be. So, I'm slowing down just a hair, but uh, – uh, you know and, and it isn't the the schools or the clinics that uh, uh that i want to slow down it's really like like going to airports and stuff man. right I'm, i've kind of had a belly yeah. full of those airports but sometimes that's the only way you can get where you need to go right, right. so uh you know i uh, sometimes i just like being at the ranch you know i love my my house my my home my place my ranch you know that we built there and uh, uh you know i feel so fortunate to uh to have a a place like that you know so uh but yeah still rolling still going
1: you say getting up there <laughs> I, I hate to ask this but i also want to figure out what your secret to staying so young is how old actually are you
0: uh well i'm uh 74 now and uh, i'll be 75 in january so
1: yeah yeah so. But the uh, fountain really of not. youth <laughs> the fountain of youth like i'm i mean there's 75 well, year olds yeah. that
2: cannot get around let me just pause this for a second and inform everybody that craig uh walked in this morning rocked right past a table of donuts that i had splayed out <laughs> for everybody went straight to the back of the warehouse to the gym and literally started working out <laughs> i i mean uh, two minutes into this building and he grabbed machines and he just started working up. <laughs> I don't have that kind of
1: energy this morning. But this guy does. Oh, Lord I remember that. riding in the pickup with him and you know, you might hear him kind of wince randomly. And somebody said, I think it was Andy, Andy Kurtz and Nathan. <laughs> I can't remember. It. And, and, and we got to talking and you were like, well, I mean, we're driving. If you will just, you know, flex your abdomen muscle. For yeah, so yeah. many, and you were doing reps of just like tightening your stomach <laughs> and then loosening off, take a deep breath, and then tightening your stomach just because we were driving for 14 hours yeah, that yeah. day. And I, I've always remembered that. Like you can always do so. And then we'd stop, and he'd get out, and he'd stretch, you know, because we were going to Wyoming and all these places and hauling yeah. a trailer. And uh, <laughs> it just it doesn't surprise me that you stay so young, so youthful. But um, there's, there's just a few people – in life that are just refused to like, uh, uh, Bobby Steiner. Yeah. Okay.
0: Bobby's great. He does a great job staying fit. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and it is, it's, it's really, a, it becomes a way of life, you know, And because I think if you're fit physically, then it helps you to be fit and mentally. And if you're fit mentally, it helps you to stay fit physically. I think one kind of goes with the other, but, uh, you know, you do want to make it kind of a way of life. And sometimes like uh, I just I just make myself take the time to do it because I always feel better after I do it. I say to myself, "Heck, mm-hmm. an hour from now, you know, I'll be finished." And uh, so I go out there. I'm not a morning guy, though. I'm not a big morning guy. Like like I had a man a, a lifetime of getting up, uh, right. yeah. you know, really early and paid your dues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, working for cutters and rainers right. and all that stuff, and getting there, you know, way before daylight, and getting the cattle up and the horses up. So. So for now, you know, for me, you know, I'm not like, like especially working out, I'm not a morning guy for workout. I go get my horses rode, get my ranch work done, do whatever it is I need to do. And then uh, when I come in, man, that's when I do my workout. But okay. at the same token, if I'm on the road, man, I can, I can, uh, I, I've kind of created this road workout where I can do isometrics and push ups and sit ups and whatever it takes. Right. Just, to, I can do it right there in the motel room while I'm, watching tv or uh, making phone calls or whatever it is i need to do but like i say it becomes a way of life and i think in the end it, it pays off
1: oh man well
0: you must I know be working it's out. i see the gym back there so yes yeah. Yeah, sir are I you just, using it yeah
1: I, <laughs> I i i just had uh, shoulder surgery about a month ago <clears throat> you did so Again? i've lost about yeah. 10 pounds wow and um yeah, I had. You I know, had, it's
0: funny you said that because I started doing that, and I said, "Boy, I got a bad shoulder." right yeah. there. I had to adjust those weights, but yeah. I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to have my shoulder worked on. What did you have a? Uh, what was it you had to have done?
1: He, uh, so it had come out five times uh-huh. and broke off essentially part of the socket, and so he had to graph a bone wow, to put wow. it back and mm-hmm. move some stuff around, fix the labrum, little things. Everybody keeps thinking is the rotator cuff. I guess that's a common. Shoulder deal, but not for me this time. So yeah. <clears throat> Tandy's pretty are you ready to arm wrestle yet? Or <laughs> <laughs> I could maybe arm wrestle like a three year old or a four year old, but that's go. about the extent of go. my ability right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah and it, of course we just got back from the NFR. So mm-hmm. he's
2: uh on the floor there getting mobbed by people who want to shake his hand all day on you mm. know, right. He leaned against his uh display. Yeah. Keep that one yeah. arm good. Yeah. yeah.
1: I only had one mom. It was like this tiny little <laughs> sweetheart of a lady come up and punch me in the shoulder. Oh, I don't man. know why. But yeah. she was just like, what's up, Dale? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I kind of dropped. Oh And man. she was like, oh, you're faking it. And <laughs> Anyway, but other than that, it was a pretty smooth, <laughs> yeah. pretty smooth trip. You got
0: to stick that other hand out to shake hands. Right, and exactly. Yeah.
1: And that lets people know. If you shake with your left yeah. hand, people know, so they'll yeah, leave yeah. you alone
2: well you've um, you've uh you've had you've survived a lot of injuries
0: a lot of injuries because you know uh, um well you know as soon as i graduated high school i, I left and I, uh you know went and I stayed on my family's ranch but i was at that time i was already rodeoing and uh, mm-hmm. and uh when i started rodeoing uh, i started in with bareback horses and bulls and did both for like when i won my prca card I, wanted riding bareback horses and bulls but later on I just mainly went to the bull riding but I rode them for a long time and so yeah you know you know the deal if you're gonna ride bulls you're gonna get hurt but yep. yeah there's a pretty good list of injuries there that uh, and and that's goes right back to you know you know fighting your way back and trying to stay fit when you had an injury you, you right. know the only way to come back is to come back but but yeah uh, you know, some of those people ask me if they bother me but uh, you know, sometimes you just got to be mentally tough, uh, you know, when people talk about mental toughness, and I think that's important, you know, uh, mind, body, spirit, you know, uh, stay on top all the way through, whatever it is that you're doing or whatever your goals are. Or, and I think it's important to have goals because <clears throat> without goals, you then you don't have direction. I've always say it, said success isn't a place, it, it's a direction. So a guy needs direction and that way you can kind of
2: accomplish those goals. Right, so some you know you're talking about your early career. Some of those uh, injuries. Fifty years old now, yeah. and and of course you didn't have it easy growing up either. I mean you did manual labor like most <laughs> yeah. of us did. <laughs> manual labor, yeah. yeah, that's for sure. So, but you know uh, uh, that was the trail
0: I, I took. You know, uh, people always say, "Craig, did you go to?" college i said yeah i went in the front door and right out the <laughs> yeah. box so didn't last too long there but uh and and uh and then of course back when i was younger uh uh you know there was the vietnam war going on and uh, and then they they had draft numbers they so for every day of the year you and if you were had a low draft uh draft number they picked it for you the government did well you were gonna get drafted and my draft number was 52 so uh, I just said, well, what the heck? I'll just go join the Marine Corps. So I went down there and tried to join up, but because of my knees and stuff, they wouldn't take me. Uh. But because uh, I was kind of, you know, shoot, that sounded like an adventure to me, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, but uh, yeah, I tried to sign mean, up. That's <laughs> kind of one of my regrets in life that I didn't get to go. But uh, dang, sure trying to, to go. But uh, just talking about those injuries, that's sometimes that trail just takes you to different places.
1: Dang! Wow! Uh, yeah. So. I, let's. I'd like to start at the beginning. You know, like you you, you brought up getting out of high school and going to rodeo. Like, let's hear the Craig Cameron story. You know, and how, <laughs> and essentially the the highlights of what got you where you are today. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, one thing I was lucky about is, uh, and
0: I talk to a lot of young people today that uh, they they uh, and I say, well, what are you going to do? And they, they, I'm always amazed when they they kind of say, oh, I don't know. And, and heck, they might be. 20 or 23 years old or something i don't know and i thought man it might be wise to to go ahead and find out because one thing <laughs> i was lucky about one thing i knew and it was because we always had ranches in my family and i was uh, uh just drawn to that and those old-time okay. cowboys and and so i that was just i just knew somewhere down deep when i was just a little kid i mean i was gonna be a cowboy you know, okay that, that was a trail i wanted to take and i love them from time you're a kid and, yeah those guys were yeah. that i learned from were born in the 1800s and stuff yeah, you know? yeah. And they had that old style and yep. and uh you know that you know say what you mean <laughs> mean what you say you know be honest and and uh uh you know hard how to stretch a dollar and and so i went up and lived and stayed on those ranches a lot and uh so uh, i kind of uh took that trail from yeah. there but but <laughs> sometimes like uh, uh I was just trying to be as cowboy as I could, but they didn't have rodeo schools or nothing or videos back then. So I told my friends one day, I said I'm just going to go out there and enter that rodeo. It was Cypress Fairbanks, right outside of Houston. They had a lot of tough stock. They said, "You're just going to go enter?" I said, "Yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm going." Wow! So I just
2: then you just walked in, and plunked just your money walked down, in
0: down right, <laughs> You know, just get down on that some bucks. And so the first thing I entered was was bareback riding. Royal Cypress Fairbanks, they were kind of known for a lot of tough stock and shoot fighting horses. And shoot, you just had to get on, and, and that's how it started. Just Dang. started doing it, but uh, and then I went and got a job down on the ship channel as a welder's helper going down these. The, but I, what I was trying to do is make money. The only rodeo school in the world right then was Jim Shoulders up in Henrietta, Oklahoma. So I worked all summer to. To go to that rodeo school, so I went up there and and uh, wow. got a chance to work with Jim Shoulders, and he was tough. Now you know, and uh, but they got on a lot of stock, bear uh, bear horses and bulls, and then came back and just kind of kept rolling from then.
2: So yeah. is, is that what his school was about, just getting you on the animals every day? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, he, he didn't think much of you if you didn't have some guts, I can tell you that. Jim Shulker, <laughs> uh, he, he told <laughs> a couple of those guys they need to go home and join the high school band. Now, <laughs> that's, exa- that's exactly his words. But uh, he, you know So yeah, you you went there, and you, he expects you to get on a stalking and, and a lot of it. And, and uh, I remember me and. a another guy there who's from new mexico a mexican boy we me, me and him we rode we got on a bunch of stuff but when i came home from that uh the first rodeo we i went to i won so, dang yeah,
1: oh um, yeah, yeah that so was, there you go well you started <coughs> like i remember looking at a lot of your pictures in your little album there and i mean like you 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 rode bulls for quite a while yeah i rode them pretty
0: steady all the way up <laughs> until i was
1: about 35 or
0: 36 you know? i mean you
1: went to like all the big Cheyenne, oh, yeah. Houston, yes. like all really went down the road.
0: Rodeos. Yeah, Cheyenne, Houston, Fort Worth, San Antonio, Calgary, uh, yeah, all them big roaders Man, yeah. we used to go to all of them, and just you know, you're on the road and mm-hmm. and traveling, and made a lot of good friends, friends that I still know. And I travel a lot with, uh, with DJ Chapman and Doug Adams and and a lot of people. And of course, at that time, the uh, probably the the best cowboy and still one of my heroes was Larry Mahan. Mm-hmm, and, okay. uh, but there were so many good cowboys back then. You know, Donnie Gay uh, was riding, in uh, his brother Pete Gay, and guys like Don Graham, and, and just uh, there was, uh, Mike Bandy. I mean, the list just kind of goes on on. Did you ever on. run into Lyle Sankey? Oh, yeah, heck yeah. They were riding in the Sankey brothers, and of course they were great stock producers now, but those guys – they were tough and they could dang sure ride and and uh they were they were they were always great cowboys yeah they were tough hands you yeah. betcha yeah.
1: and uh so you 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 rodeoed all through into your 30s at what point did you start really making um horses part of your income
0: well you know i always loved horses and and living on those ranches my uh we always had horses and uh you know, and, and of course, when you get to the horseback part, that's when you're really cowboying, you know, so I love that. But, you know, at some point I realized in my life, you know, you know, really, Craig, you, you don't know the first damn thing about a horse, really. I mean, I could get on one and all that. But uh, so I was trying to learn, and, and uh, I was taking horses on to ride and to start and just kind of uh, just trying to figure my way out, just where it's the school of hard knocks. And I remember a, a guy named Hank Kirshner I met him through a guy named Bubba Goodo, who was also a really good bull rider. And uh, Hank was from Oregon. And uh, he he came down to my ranch and we were messing around with horses and he was doing some pretty cool stuff. And, and I said, Dang, man, where'd you learn that? And he said, Well, there's this guy going around the country. This is about 19. 85 or 86 and he said his name's ray hunt and man he's he really you could really learn a lot if he ever if he ever comes around here you need to go see him so i I remembered that name and then i heard somebody said yeah that ray hunt guy's gonna come to san angelo texas so man shuckings i I drove on out there and and that really changed my life you know and Hmm. i think what i really more than anything learned from ray hunt was the philosophy of working with the horse and not against the horse and uh and, and been kind of uh, taking that trail ever since and and then by just um working a lot of horses and i went to quite, quite a few ray hunt clinics and then i got a chance to meet tom Dorrance and made friends with him and used to talk to him on the phone quite a bit and he was he was really interesting and an amazing guy and that's really who kind of uh taught uh, ray And, uh, but, uh, Tom was just such a great guy that really understood the horse all the way through mind, body, spirit, and worked on all three of those levels. And, and to this day, you know, uh, um, I really try to work on all three levels. And as you get older and get more experience, I think you really truly begin to understand if you apply yourself, uh, the horse better, not just physically, but mentally emotionally in that elusive thing we call the spirit of the horse you know to in other words to see from the horse's point of view so uh, from there I just kept going and I remember I had my first quote clinic you know and uh hell I didn't know if anybody even show up you know and I, I ran an ad in the Giddings paper that's where in Lee County there and and I remember saying to myself I remember I literally said well if one just one person shows up I'll do the whole thing and give a hundred percent, you know, and man, uh, sure enough, man, I couldn't believe how many people came, and boy, they brought some tough horses really? too. You can imagine back then they were they were sure enough tough and mustangs, but shoot, uh, uh, did every one of them and uh, uh, did a great job and and uh, just and then from them just kept on going. And so, what year was uh, that? You reckon? Gosh, probably nineteen eighty something. You know, eighty <laughs> seven. You or were in your- like.
1: 30s late 30s mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. dang
3: yeah
0: uh-huh
1: and then you kind of never looked back from there no it just kept on rolling
0: you know and uh, uh you know I, I remember i made my first uh video after i'd been doing this a while <clears throat> i made a what do you call them what was it a dvd or what do you call them a, a VHS. vhs a vhs yeah, the big I, I made one of those and, and I, I said how many do you want to make after we filmed it and all this stuff and uh i said i don't know just he said well uh he said a box there's a case and it, it has about 40 i said that that'd probably be enough for 40 It'd probably be. <laughs> and enough. and i went to the first uh clinic i did and uh, uh, another clinic after i got that and and so i told him well i got these tapes if anybody's interested sold every damn one of them and they, paid, they paid cash for all of hell <laughs> I thought I was a millionaire <laughs> that day. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Of course, nobody buys that stuff anymore because of the, the internet. Things online, you know. Yeah, so, but you know, you go through all these different phases.
1: Yeah, but back it, then there was just nowhere for anybody no, to get that kind of information. Right. Well, exactly in the same right.
2: way, you went to see Ray Hunt. You had to get in the truck and you had to drive somewhere yeah, drive. when they were coming through, and that was it. That's right. You you get on that
0: road and go somewhere, and uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I started getting booked and, and before you know it, I, you know, there'd be a magazine, want to come talk to me or a newspaper and then little local TV shows and, you know, and the reputation kind of started growing from there. And, uh, uh and I, th- I, I really, in some ways I was just at the right spot at the right time in, in there at the beginning. And, and, uh, you know, it, uh, it really took off for me and, uh, and shoot, uh, still lucky to still be going
1: what how many what's the most amount that you had to do in a year
0: oh lord i don't know i i i think one year i was on the road 44 or 45 weeks wow and that's right Holy. and uh, i was yeah. daily i was looking through one of those scrapbooks and there was a a regular uh office piece of paper and it was a schedule all on one side, one after the other. Then on the other side. Then you turn it over, and it was full on the back like that. So, just you know, just and sometimes I'd be on the west coast, and the next day or two I'd have to be back on the east coast. And yeah. I was driving and hauling horses. And oh wow, yeah, it, was, it was it was rolling. So, uh, and bringing you tough horses to ride. Yeah, and you know back then people would they would bring in like some tough horse, and I'd work it, and people would literally like some of these old times they'd get up and just and they couldn't believe that you would be riding a horse just in an hour or two you know and that some of those old men they'd get up and say things like well i just don't believe that horse has never been ridden before mm. and uh and i'd say well here's the lady that owns her i asked yeah. her so well i said don't believe it and and i'd say something like well are you from around here and he goes sure i am They'd always call me son. Sure am, son. <laughs> and uh, I'd say, Well, you got a horse? And he went, You got dang right. I got one. Of them. <laughs> and I'd say, well, Why don't you go get him? And that's the guy'd get up and I'd work the next horse. And a couple hours later, here come that buck in some rickety trailer. and Yeah. And I always say it's a bad sign when they have to back the trailer up to the rail <laughs> to get the uh, horse in there. But yeah, uh, and he'd go, and I'd work that summer gun, and when I'd get through that, I'd stick out his hand. And he'd say, "Well, I'm a believer now, son." Yeah, yeah, so,
2: yeah. And I, as long as I've known you, you've you've never been afraid of a horse. Well, you know,
0: I always tell you people, you know, don't be scared, but be careful. Right. You know, and there's a big difference. Scared don't help you, but careful does. So. so so, so, so I don't, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, he can't be, you know, there's a lot of horses you get on and you just, man, you know, that son of a gun has a good chance he could buck, even yep. though you've done all the work and that horse has got a lot of self-preservation in him. And, uh, sometimes you have to, uh, make that bronc ride. I'm not looking to make the bronc ride. I'm looking to avoid the bronc ride. So, and that's earning the trust of the horse. But I see a lot of young guys and these strutting peacocks, you know, that's, and I tell them, well, it's not about the horse for you. It's about you, see. Mm. And so uh, they're, they're, they're telling me, Craig, well, I like riding them bucking horses. And I tell them, you just ain't rode enough bucking horses <laughs> yet. So, <laughs> but, uh, so I'm trying to, again, work with the horse. And I always right. say one of your most important jobs is taking the fear out of that horse. Mm. You can't ride a scared horse and do a good job. Right. Can't ride a hurting horse and do a good job can't ride a fresh horse and do a really good job. So again, to let these horses relax, to melt down, to turn loose mind, body, and spirit, you know, that's kind of an art form to get these horses to do it. And that all revolves around trust. And, uh, you know, trust from the horse's point of view would be a belief that you'd never do anything to hurt him. So, you know, like I know we might ride these horses all day and, uh, Uh, you know, have to drag, you know, 30 or 40 calves to the fire or something. But at the same token, we're not going to do anything to hurt them. So, and then then they begin (laughs) to believe it. One thing
1: that a lot of guys will say, though, about a horse bucking, like, and I don't know that I've ever really put much thought into it, but a lot of people say, like, if you talk one out of it, eventually they're going to do it.
0: Well, you know, in the beginning, like, we were starting Colts yesterday. And uh, uh, sometimes – Like in the beginning, even though I'm going to do lay down that foundation of trust, respect, and confidence and everything, sometimes a horse will have to buck to realize he doesn't need to buck. Uh And that's okay. So I'm not trying to take that self-preservation away from him. I'm just letting him figure out he doesn't need to use it. So he might have to buck to realize he doesn't need to buck sometimes, and that's okay. okay. I don't want it to become a habit. See, he might have to get scared to realize he don't need to be scared. Yeah. That's okay, too. So, again, make it a learning process, you know. So you don't think yeah. you're
1: just kicking the can down the road? No, heck no, yeah. Like, if you can talk one out of it, yeah. then he and can. And it's
0: not so much talking it out. Right? It's just kind of letting him do his thing. So, so again, allow him to, to do, in other words, If he bucks, some people might call that a mistake. I, I just look at it as the horse is doing what he thinks he's supposed to do. Right. Okay. So, so again, let him do it to realize he doesn't need to do it. And man, right quick, they figure out, shoot, that's a lot of work and I didn't need to do that. So we're developing that trust, that understanding (laughs) Mm -hmm. right there, working with the horse, not against the horse. And you know, like I know, there's more than one way to do things the right way. So, so uh, give these horses a chance. And I think as a horseman, what you should never stop doing is adjusting to fit the horse, the situation, and the circumstance, which changes, as you know, not just day to day, but literally moment to moment. And you got to be that good to to be able to read these horses. You know, people always say, "Craig, how do you know what to do?" Well, I, I, shoot, I don't know what to do till I get in there. But it's the horse that tells me what where he's good, where he's bad, and where he needs the help. And I just keep listening to the horse. And I'll tell you one thing: as I get uh, more experienced and older, as I'm, I'm not in a hurry, and I'm not in a rush, and I can just keep waiting on these horses. I, uh, I, I, fix it up and wait, and you know, like I know, waiting doesn't mean doing nothing. So yeah. Did well, you have? I've a,
1: got three or four questions, but before yeah. I ask them, um, uh, we've got in the house Corey Anderson. One thing that uh, Craig and I have in common, um, aside from our love for horses and being you know the greatest in our craft. <laughs> we've uh, we've also got a common sponsor in Total Feeds. We both know the feed that needs to be fed, and uh, so thank you, Corey, for coming on. Corey is uh, in charge of uh, marketing there at Total Feeds, so big thanks to him for having Craig and I both on the team. So absolutely, I, I've been feeding Total Feeds since uh, 2015, and actually didn't get on the team till 2016. So was uh, a big fan of the feed before. The relationship ever started so yeah, yeah. we go um, further back craig and remember uh
2: dad showed up uh truck you know pulled on craig's beautiful we've all seen craig's place and craig steps out and says you're on my grass <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah to your dad yeah yeah, he came up he had it just and he was gonna, talking to me about this feed and i said hey yeah you need to get I'll be parking on that grass. (laughs) Yeah, we're
1: trying to grow it here. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) But
0: you know what? And then those that feed back then was just in a plain white white bag. bag. But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I visited with him, and I have been with that feed ever since. And we live and breathe it every day over there, uh, total feeds. And so with the cattle, we're feeding the total bull, the uh, uh, the horses, the total equine, uh, everything. That we had that we feed, we were using the total uh, feed system. And I'm gonna tell you, I just sent uh, a picture to your dad the other day of my cattle. I mean, we, this is after oh, a they're, drought, and they're beautiful. those cattle, uh, man, we and we and we just uh, feed that total bull just depending on the weather. And yeah. we just cake them maybe twice a week. Uh, but uh, man, it just gives them everything they need. And boy, they're fat, they're healthy, they're pregnant uh they're good milkers and of course or horses my gosh it's, it's your, you're just kind of like uh, stress free when i feed uh the total equine because i know they're getting what they need they look good they handle good they're 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 not edgy or we got a bunch of sugar in their system i mean these yep. horses are like they're supposed to be and boy i tell you what i appreciate that's what i tell your dad all the time i appreciate what he does because it makes a big difference to
2: yeah he did uh, all the nutrition work I'm you don't have to think about it
0: <laughs> No, i don't have to think about it Oh, well, that's my <laughs> right. favorite part no thinking yeah. well <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: so you're putting on clinics uh gettings at what point do you go to bluffdale right uh, outside of steven well
0: shucks so let's see. you know i, I left gettings there at one time and i just decided i was just gonna just hit the road and just start moving on you know and and i went to california and got a job out there i worked on some different ranches and and i uh, worked uh, in california i worked in lake tahoe uh, in squall valley for uh, a guy that had a dude string so i was the head mm. guy he he had contacted me this guy he was a foreigner he was like from sweden or something he could speak three or four languages and but he didn't know the first thing about a horse, but oh. he knew that he was making money. That place, he never advertised. And that, they were full all day. They had 50 head of horses. And then them kids uh, that were working there, they didn't know nothing. So that's why he wow. had
2: me there. So It was uh, pretty country, though. Boy, it was beautiful. But, yeah, man,
0: he'd lay there every day just leaning over, carrying the money back. <laughs> so <laughs> when I left there, I got a job uh, uh. hauling uh, – you know, guiding hunters up, packing in and up into those mountains there in California. And then from there, wow. I was just on the move and people would hire me also for, from a clinic from here and there. But I was coming back to, uh, and I said, I'm just going to pull over at the prettiest ranch I see and just see if I can get a job. So I'm kind of there between Telluride and Ridgeway. And I just – it's the prettiest ranch. So I just put – it's called the Double RL Ranch or something.
1: In California? No, this no, was in, in Colorado. Colorado, okay.
0: And so I pull in and uh, I go in and talk to this guy in this beautiful cabin, And he says, well, let me check with Ralph and uh, come back tomorrow. I'll tell you if you got a job. And and he said – he said, I think I know who you are because I'd been on the cover of a magazine. Uh, I forget what the name of that – it wasn't Western Horseman, Horseman. It was something – he said he said i think i know who you are and and so anyway i come back the next day he said ralph wants to to hire you to ride his horses in the morning then you'll just do cowboy work in the afternoon and uh come to find out it was ralph lauren the the clothes guy oh dang (laughs) yeah that's who it was and (laughs) and hell i didn't know who he was or anything and the first day on the job this other cowboy come up to me and wearing this jean jacket that's kind of frayed and frayed on the cuffs and and that that cowboy come up to me and, and he, he said, "Hey, man, don't let Ralph catch you wearing that jean jacket right there." And I said, well, "What is there some kind of dress code or something?" He said, "No, he'll try to buy it from you." <laughs> 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 so I finally figured out who Ralph Lauren was, and and uh, I worked there for a while, and then uh, I did a clinic in Telluride, and uh, uh, a guy named L. A. Waters was there, and he was a big horseman from houston he owned colonel freckles and colonel and Boone bar and colonel's little Pella, and so he made me an offer he saw me working stud horses off of a mare and he'd never seen anything like that before so he liked what i was doing with them horses too and so mm-hmm. so he I had ralph lauren and la waters and finally la waters made me an offer i couldn't refuse so down to texas i went and and then I just started doing more and more clinics and, and, uh, shoot for, you know, it, uh, what happened is, I, I moved up toward Weatherford, lived on a big ranch up there. And then I met Daleen, uh, uh, um, who became my wife and we started looking for land, just, we wanted someplace pretty. And you know, if you're looking for a horse ranch, those realtors, they always want to show you a flat. Yeah ball-headed piece of land i told him right. that's exactly what i don't want right there because i wanted something with some terrain and something where i could really train these horses and and do a lot of different stuff and uh but uh, that's how i found that place was uh with Daylene, uh and i found that and made made the choice and we've been building and working ever since
2: yeah it's so beautiful that's a whole that's a whole story yeah it is how you built because you built that place piece by piece as you had the means how many cabins do you have
0: well i I don't know we probably got about 10 now but when we bought the place there wasn't
2: nothing there i i would love to hear the whole story because it's it's one of the most beautiful places
1: yeah so this is a it's in bluffdale right outside of stephenville Uh and uh you've had you've been putting on clinics there when did you buy it what year do you remember
0: 95 i think
1: 95 uh-huh so we've been there a good while now mm-hmm. closing in on 30 years 30 yeah mm-hmm. so you started building you've got a number of round pens uh, it seems like they're all connected mm-hmm. and uh you started putting <laughs> cabins. up cabins for that way you could have your yeah, clinics there yeah. at the ranch
0: well you know we just you know as you know uh ranching it's just it never ends there's a job to do every day there's always something need repairing or fixing or building and and so we're still on that and then dayling is a real perfectionist and that's why everything ends up so so nice out there and uh, but we work at it literally every single day heck us after i got through uh riding my horses yesterday we were out there mowing and shredding and and uh, we just built some shoots off of a round pen because so we can work the cattle that we're working the horses with, and uh, so yeah, just an ongoing, uh, unending uh, process of just keeping it rolling.
1: It's crazy how long you lived in. It was like like an eight hundred square foot house.
0: Yeah, we did. We lived in that little house when you were there. I mm-hmm. think and, it was six
1: hundred, uh, wasn't it?
0: And uh, it was it a yeah, smaller 600? I think you're right. Yeah, it it was, was not big, don't oversell it. Yeah, we, 600. We, we, well, we first stayed there, we stayed <laughs> like in the a house, <laughs> then we lived in the barn, and then we built that 600 square foot house. But see, what we were doing was building the whole ranch. We'd get a cabin or a corral or a round pen built, get it paid for, and then we'd build the start on something else. So, so when you came, and by the way, this guy was quite a character <laughs> even at, well were you 13 or something yeah i was, was young oh, lord he kept us laughing the whole darn time i'll tell you we really when we really went a lot of malls too and uh, and who was there andy kurtz and who else nathan nathan ivy <laughs> that's right yeah yeah i'll be doggone. yeah so i have the this, one you tormented oh yes. he tormented this kid till i mean but boy it was <laughs> we laughed lord have mercy. at the booth
1: in vegas jack gully yeah stopped by and he was like you remember when your brother grabbed got his whitey tidies and pulled them up like they were a thong and started singing the thong song in front of nathan i said i remember it so well i think it was me jack yes oh my
0: god he was going around like a rooster oh he was doing something all the time man nathan
1: had just been out of uh seminary that's right and uh which oh, was oh, fine, you know. Yeah, I too like to, uh, you know, do some studying myself. But he like was very like straight laced, <laughs> like didn't want you know. Oh, I'm and uh, Andy was like a little instigator oh, and would poke yet. at me and like kind of ag me on, and then Craig would just laugh, and oh, so I would bother funny. Nathan, and yeah. oh man, we had yeah we had a good time that summer. Yeah, God forbid you
2: let a, a nice guy like that live in peace no he did not make him live in peace at all
1: i remember i I, later i told andy i said i think i owe you you know a couple hundred dollars because i was like i had never really i mean i'm sure my family had sent stuff to the cleaners (laughs) but i didn't understand like where andy was sending his clothes where they would come back starched and andy loved his wrangler or whatever he was wearing to be starched yeah, he would yeah, love his pants his, to be starched. His
0: uniform was perfect. And yes.
1: uh, So naturally, I wanted mine to be. And so he would send them and drop them off at this random place. And I was like, hey, can you take mine in there? Well, which you didn't pay him? I didn't realize he was paying. Because <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so I mean, I'm 13 charge, years yeah. old. Like I just thought this lady was just doing that oh, for him. And man. I was like, maybe she'll do it for me too. <laughs> and I told oh. him, because later on in college, I, I, I actually dated his sister. Cassidy, another wonderful horseman. Uh, They're from Steamboat, and I told Cassidy, I said, "I think I owe your brother some money." <laughs> I realized later That's that good. he never they said anything. charge for that? No, I mean he was just a nice, and it was just like one pair, but still, you know, like yeah. Anyway, yeah,
0: he's a good old boy.
1: Wayne. I learned a lot that summer. Yeah, we went
0: one minute, one time we were at where was that beautiful place we're at <clears throat> in Colorado? Where oh, um, golly. Like what's, what's the, the town in Tennessee where everybody goes to uh, all the tourists when
2: it's Nashville?
0: What is not Nashville but the other one where it's in the mountains Memphis? and, and it's all know. beautiful. Where everybody <laughs> goes and they have all the Let's name
2: all the Tennessee towns I ah, think of.
0: You know it's beautiful. It's in the mountains and they they have uh, you know all the different shows, God, they, Anyway, that's the name of that town in Colorado and it was gorgeous and that's where we were when we stayed with Jack Jack Gooley. And uh, we had a chicken. Golly, it was roping contest. Yeah, Yeah. man, that went on. And I mean, there was cowboys roping chickens. And then (laughs) he had these donkeys, these kind of wild mules. And and we got in there and were roping the calves And these donkeys were wild. The next, I turned around and looked, and he was sitting. He. That maniac was sitting on one of those wild donkeys backwards, bareback, <laughs> roping
3: <a little laughs> till it finally bucked him off. I was like, oh my god, he's gonna get killed over there, yeah. Oh, that was good. So
0: oh. yeah. I mean backwards. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they sent me, uh, I saw on my Facebook message, Cassidy sent me a picture where uh, Andy and Nathan, when they threw me in that water trough oh, at, yeah. on, at your place, <laughs> you had just, we, we. I don't know if, we, I don't think we were the first trail, but we helped cut yeah. one of the big trails. Yeah. You know, your Craig's place is big place, and yep. there's a lot of it is brushy, and, and like he said, the terrain is up and down, and yep. so... If you go there and you're gonna, you know, do challenge a school, trails, yeah, yeah. Well, oh. you know, you don't want to just be in the round pen the whole time. So he's got these trails that you can yeah. ride through and, you know, go up and down and around and, uh, you know, kind of put your horse through a challenge. And uh, well, they weren't just there. No, they <laughs> so, were. Uh, there was a one summer Yeah, we had
0: to cut them there, so we did it with
1: machetes
0: and saws well, and. Yeah, this, I had the
1: I had the idiot stick. Which is, <laughs> it's yeah. got that. I I don't know the formal name. Maybe it's a sickle. Oh, oh, that's a sickle, what we call it with the blade. Just the yeah, blade. got the, the blade on the uh-huh. bottom. Yeah, uh-huh. and just go to whack and th- sling it. blade. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. and the vines and everything. Yeah, to,
2: to paint a picture, this property is just thick with oak trees, and and down here in this, even in this part of Texas, you know, trees are at a premium, mm-hmm. and this place is thick. You are under shade if you want to be. You can be under shade all day out there. Yeah.
1: But that means you got to clear
2: all that stuff.
1: I remember. Oh man, I hadn't thought about this in a while. But I remember there. was, I can't remember what horse I was. I was on a buckskin or something. But anyways, he went to bucking and went around there, and you and Andy were hooping and hollering. <laughs> and uh, it was like the next day we were we took off to go to. It wasn't long after we took off driving, and I had a little journal, and I, I Lord, I hope I can find it. If if it's not at my house, my mom's got it. But I was writing in a journal, and and uh, Andy said, uh, "What are you writing in there?" And you said oh, he's probably writing about riding that buckskin. And I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> course i was (laughs) it was like line for line i was writing about riding that buckskin. he had bucked around there but i remember sitting in that back seat like dang how did he know (laughs) he said he's probably writing about riding that buckskin yesterday (laughs) oh did you let him ride the trails or he just had to build them (laughs) oh no i was (laughs) see that was the that was the thing about that i mean that was my first taste of an internship but Hmm. you know like I had to you know we had to pick stalls and carry the all the saddles and everything but then i'm sitting right next to all these people who paid to come and i'm i'm just sitting right next to them right as if i was and i got to do it repeatedly yeah, yeah. and right. uh and looking back you know it was just it, it's it's later on in college i experienced another guy that did that same thing there was a team roper named kermit moss and uh, he had won the average in uh, the team roping, and he had a place in Snook, Texas. And uh, my buddy Garrison worked for him, and um, you know he worked really hard. And it, it was—he got paid a little more. It wasn't an internship, but it was still—you know—he was kind of a hired hand of the deal. And and he worked really hard out there. And um, anyways, I just remember him saying, like, "Man, when I leave here, they, they may have to replace me. Might take a couple people, you know." And it did but I'll take this knowledge with me for the rest of my life, you know, cause they roped every day. Mm-hmm. He had to work real hard, but they team roped That's every wrong. day and Craig right. and, and uh, uh, Kermit would, mm-hmm. you know, NFR average winner. And um, I never forgot that. And so when I started this deal, I just happened to have this layout of, you know, and got a place where we can buck stock and, you know, got the spur boards and a, set people up to rodeo and that's kind of what i mimicked my intern program after was what craig had and um you know when any of these guys leave my program i'm gonna have to replace them find somebody new to work in the warehouse but you know they'll get to take that knowledge with them forever oh yeah that's
0: right yeah you know i used to do it uh, kind of a deal sometimes i still do it where uh i'll tell like an intern i will say yeah in the beginning uh you're gonna pay me for the first three months, mm-hmm. you pay you pay me fifteen hundred dollars a month, yep. and then if you're willing to stay, because and and learn, uh, you stay three months. Then the next month, I'll pay you fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. And the and if you stay three months, by the time you've stayed here six months and gotten all this knowledge, all this experience, all this adventure, guess what? We're even. You know, it didn't cost you a penny and it uh it was the same for me. So, and sometimes that's a pretty good deal well, it, for somebody, yeah.
1: I mean it I but, use yeah. I use all these years later the things you taught me still today. Mm-hmm. You know, so that summer yeah. that I spent there, you know, set me up and and helped lay a foundation, yeah. you know, for for me and my horsemanship and um like just like I was saying with Garrison, took it with me the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I think Especially if you're somebody out there that doesn't have another, you know, you don't have anything around you. Like, like some, like one of my interns, like uh, Ties from Kentucky and got out of school and there's nowhere to ride bulls around him. Right. You know, well, if I were to charge him, you know, I'm sure he'd pay it happily, you know, because the, he doesn't, there is no other uh, opportunity. Yeah. Same thing with Craig's place. Like, you're going to literally learn some information, it's a trade. You know, you're going to a trade school. Oh, yeah, school. that's right.
0: See, and uh, the, the word you used a minute ago, foundation, that's what it's all about. Just like with the horses, <clears throat> you must lay a foundation. And uh, uh, a foundation, it, you could talk about trust, respect, confidence, a foundation of flexibility, position, control. In other words, you don't get one without the other. And, the, and when you have a problem in life or with the horse, what do you always go back to? the foundation each and every time. So that foundation uh, of a work ethic and how to put something together is really valuable to someone. So when they come and they get a chance to learn that you're right They they keep that with them. Uh, if, it, if, if you were a good leader, uh, uh, a good, um, uh, businessman uh, as well as a good rancher, as well as a good cowboy, as well as a good horseman, that, that stays with people, uh, mm just like uh, your dad you know i mean i mean what he he had something he believed in yeah and and you know and and what is the hardest part Whether it's horsemanship or or uh, learning to play the guitar or building a business like the the, the hardest part is always the beginning mm-hmm. yeah. and that's why where right. most people quit because the beginning is the hardest part and they they just can't stick it through if you would just get past that that, that beginning stays, that tough stay, and that's a test right there. If you'll hang in there with something you believe in, hopefully as yourself, uh, you know what, and remember, before you start, what's going to be the hardest part? The beginning. Just know that when you start, and then that'll make it easier. And hang tough, and all of a sudden, you know
1: what, then you're off to the races. That's such a good point. I yeah. think
2: uh, I think people have a hard time because they expect, they have a vision of what they're going to be, and they don't see it right away and in the beginning you're you're never going to see it because every day you've got to do little things and and the big reward is way down the road see, you
0: you yeah. that's the same with horses uh, as <clears> people <throat> they're always working for the results say uh, you must work the process because the process will absolutely. take you to the result absolutely every time yeah when you get into a bind or trouble or, or the, you're you're run you run into a, some headwaters Quit thinking about the results, work that process. And if you have a good foundation, it will take you where you want to go each and every time. See, failure isn't the opposite of success. Failure are the stepping stones to success. So it's okay to make a mistake as long as you learn from it. Guess what? Then those mistakes become productive. And yeah, for sure.
2: Boy, that's gospel. And as long as I've known Craig, he's, he's a daily learner. Not in fact, with, sure. with every horse, with every rider I watch, I've watched you do this so many times. <laughs> you go in fresh every time and you do the fundamentals. I see you do it every time.
0: Every time. You know, you just, I do. I, I don't miss. And it's easy and it just takes a moment. And all of a sudden, man, those horses, all of a sudden, you just see them make that change. And just, and people say, how do you have so much patience? But the patience, see, remember, patience is just waiting without worry. And so again, be patient with yourself, be patient with your horse, be patient with the process, you know, and remember learning, learning takes time. You know? yeah. And when you know that, shoot, then you're okay. Then you're willing to, to, to work the process, give it the time that it takes. And you know what, if you if you stick with it, it'll take you where you want to go. Well,
2: that's gold. Yeah.
1: What are, in all your years of working with people in the round pen and their horses, What are some of the most common mistakes that you see people make with horses? I I,
0: I can answer that pretty quick because it's too big a hurry. Slow Mm. down. If people would just slow down just a little bit, slow things down and wait on that horse. You know, you're offering something to the horse. And remember so much of the time, the horse, he has no idea what you want. I always say the horse, perfect, perfect by nature, Untouched by man, he says I was perfect till you guys showed, <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. and he
0: was, wasn't he? And so again, your your all this stuff they call natural horsemanship. I I'd say from the horse's point of view, it's not so natural. In other words, not natural to have a piece of iron in his mouth, not natural to have some hunk of leather strapped to his back, not natural to have a two-legged meat-eating predator on his back. So again, from the horse's point of view, be aware that this is not natural. So slow down, just offer it up in a way he can understand. Now, give him the time it takes for him to understand. And that's where your choice will be a little bit different. So to just slow down and and notice, and again, like uh, Tom and Ray saying, notice the smallest change, the slightest try, reward that change, reward that try. But you have to be good enough to see it so that you can reward it, even if it's very small. That's your building block. That's mm-hmm. your starting spot. And then if we'll reward that with what release, relief, uh, relaxation, reward, a pet on the neck, something. So that horse knows when he's doing right. It's kind of the same with people with dogs or anything. So when I have a young man or a young woman in there and they're, they're trying to learn, they're trying to figure it out. When they, when they do something good, I, I want to be sure and point that out. So remember correction is good. Encouragement is probably better.
1: So yeah. <clears throat> on the horse side of things, how much I mean, is there is there really like a, a horse where you're just gonna give up and just be like, you know what? There's some horses that just aren't worth it. I'm gonna, a, <laughs> I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a different horse. Yeah, I've had a few of those
0: that were really tough, but you know, I got this this uh I don't know thing mm. in me where you know the harder they get, the more I just and people are just saying you know just uh, that just makes me say you know I can do this with this horse. So uh-huh. I've had some horses that I probably should have given mm. up on, but uh, I'm riding one now that's called the Wolf, and uh, everybody calls it the Wolf, and 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 uh, and everybody says all oh, that that blah, blah blah, but man I. Um, I've been working with this horse and now I got this horse coming around and I guarantee she's going to be good. You just watch. And so again, sometimes you just got to give them the time that it takes, whether it's people, dogs, kids, or horses, slow down, quit focusing on the negative, focus on the positive. Notice that small change and try reward that. change. And and again, those are going to be your stepping stones mm-hmm. and that's going to be your beginnings spot right there. So, uh, so again, to, to again, be patient with yourself, to, to again, have that, that, that positive attitude, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 you know, uh, I just, sometimes I just feel like, uh, uh, when those tough horses, they got that, maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe somebody scared them or hurt them or, they're like women; they never forget, you know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and so then you go.
0: Well, that's true. You know, and that's not that's not a negative thing. That's a positive yeah. thing. Yeah. You got to be smart to never forget. You know, as guys, sometimes we forget what happened yesterday. I think so. So just bear that in mind, and then and then work with them, and 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 be and you as you know uh, that you got to be consistent. You know. Uh, people that are starting a young horse, they go out there every Saturday and they go, Craig, I feel like I'm starting over. I tell you, you are starting over. So, you know, they do need that consistency. And a really tough horse, shoot, so I'm not afraid to work him maybe a couple times a day. It's not that I'm being mean or anything. I just think he needs a little more consistency. And all of a sudden, they start believing and they start trusting. And, and and again, as herd animals, I want to be a really great leader for those horses.
1: Mm. So will you knowing that you're probably gonna be a little less likely to give up on a horse? Does that mean that you'll be a little more careful when you choose one? <laughs> well, I, you know,
0: I, I I'm always trying to pick a good horse. You know that uh, that's one that, that Wolf Horse, uh, a guy named Colt Hoffman gave me that horse, and uh, so uh, I just went ahead and took took her. That was the only payment it looked like I was gonna get. So I took her and uh, and uh, so I've, now I've kind of got this relationship going, and and uh, she at some you know she acts like she's kind of a one man horse or something. But I spend a lot of time with that horse because she's can be tricky. But but man, I th- I feel like I really got her coming now. She's starting to be a big stopper, starting to turn around. I'm wor- I, that, when I told you I was working Colchester, I was working off of that horse right there. So yeah, I got her coming. So
1: so are there any times I I go to a couple of places where um you know, all you're welcome to take there is a, a gelding. Uh-huh. And uh, all my horses run together in a pasture. So we, we typically tend to lean towards geldings. Uh-huh. I've got one mare on the place, and that's because she is just the absolute perfect bucking horse <laughs> yeah. that you could ever ask yeah, for. And yeah. so she's get been given extra privileges, and uh-huh. uh, she stays in her own little pasture. But do you ever try to lean towards geldings? Or? Well, you
0: know, I think most ranches and stuff do use the gilding. The gilding, what, he's the same – Day in and day out and day in and day. Whereas a stud or a mare, you know, they go through stages, you know, and uh, you know, and the, with the seasons and with the weather and and uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, they are different, and uh, but it's it's a bit of a challenge. But just like when you ride a stud sometimes when you write you can feel that that little bit of extra power that little bit of extra energy that they got which which is is a nice thing too if you if you can control it if you can get it working for you Mm. and not against you so that's Mm going to come from the training what is training just development through gradually increasing demand so so sometimes when you uh uh, taking a mare is a bit of a challenge because i know those gillings are are are, are going to be the same all the time whereas the those mirrors so i'm willing to just adjust to fit what the horse the situation and the circumstance again so yeah it's tricky but yeah the gildings are you know i i mean i've got you know several good gildings too so uh which they're really nice to work i got that Ladigo horse i mean i really man i can do anything on that horse and that's just a good old gilding for sure so I, I agree with you on that.
1: And he's – how old is he, Latigo? Latigo's probably uh, working on 11 or 12 now. So I notice you still ride him in a snaffle. Yeah. So yeah. at what point or why would you even graduate <laughs> him up to a different you know, bit? You know, you know – He just uh, does everything you want him to well, in a snaffle. You know,
0: I, I, I like the idea of seeing how little it takes sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. So, so like, like, if you came in my tack room, like, I got – all kinds of bits but you're and i like that uh, that you're aware of that that you see that and that takes a, a cowboy to kind of notice that and uh but i i had 90 probably 95 percent of the time with just a snaffle bit or or, or a little uh, hackamore or something a little open hackamore because I, I like to see how little it takes i i i just thought of this one day i thought you know really and i understand the philosophy of showing and and you start with the you know with the snaffle bit, and then the, the hackamore class and the two rein and then and then in the bridle and i understand all that and how it works and stuff but by the same token sometimes i think really if your horse was really really learning and really getting better wouldn't you be going to smaller bets instead of bigger bets more advanced bets and stuff so so if he really understood well hell you wouldn't need any bit at all would you i mean if he right if there was just perfect, true communication. So so sometimes I just like to just see how, if I, if I at a clinic, if I get on somebody's horse, like I usually get on a lot of people, the first thing I do is take their shank bit off and put a snaffle bit in. Because again, that one to one ratio, there's no leverage. If I have one pound of pressure in my hand, that's what I have in his mouth right there. And I have a true feel and I can go back to getting that flexibility, position and control. You bet. Remember flexibility gives me position, position gives me control hell controls the name of the game so mm. sometimes seeing how little it takes is works good for me so right i'm not opposed to going to a to a little shank bit if i need to but 90 percent of the time i'm in just in that snap
1: you bet mm. yeah <clears throat> um what are some of the what are some of the different um jobs that you've trained and used your horses for like, over the years? Like, have you have you worked with a lot of, like, rodeo horses or, you know, moving to – is there anything that changes whenever you're – You are you know,
0: I, I like exposing my horses without overexposing them. <clears throat> so, yeah, I love – like, with my – Horses, just like we we're talking about, I'm, I'm taking down those challenge trails because it's good for them. I'm taking them over those obstacle courses. Really, I think the horses get the way they love it. It's it's exciting. I want to make my time with them the best part of their day, not the worst part. I want to make it fun, exciting worthwhile i got some place to go i got something to do so going over those obstacles <clears throat> now i'm going to take them in the pen the next day and track cattle the next day i'm going to maybe maybe rope with a breakaway honda and stuff like that so yeah so when i go to a branding or something I want to feel like my horse is ready. I can do anything you need anything. to do. I need to go in there and start a colt for you off this horse. My gosh, I can do it. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of like the all-around horse, and mm-hmm. that's kind of how I started that extreme cowboy racing right. because, uh, like, when you came out at the finals this yeah. uh, year, Corey, and, and because I got to thinking one day when I was a kid and I was with them old-time cowboys, like, they they wouldn't start them horses back in those days till they were like Three and four years old, sometimes five, but them horses lasted till they were twenty and twenty-five. You know, because they, man, they they were strong when they started them and stuff. And 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 when I look back, those horses back in those days, they were kind of an all-around horse. You could cut on them, you could rope off of them, you could go the branding on them. So that's how I came up with that extreme cow at the boy race. And I thought, what about an event where a horse has to do? everything mm, yeah. i said now that would be cool and people say well, no you can't do that you know people always tell you what you can't do you know yeah, right. that's what it makes me just want to go yeah. the opposite way right I say, oh i bet i could so that's what we came up with and that's what that extreme racing is it's kind
2: of an all-around horse so i kind of like a good all-around horse oh, what a fun event and they do everything Oh, man. everything you can think of Ooh, to do man, on a oh, horse. Man. You know, I,
0: I keep yeah. saying I, I think that event should be in the Olympics. I think it's the most exciting, awesome. and and the tr- bigger test of horse and rider. I can't think of because you do have to do everything. Yeah, yeah.
1: What are? Do you have any? <laughs> wild stories from clinics that may have happened over the years like i, I just feel like all the different oh, horses and people it's that you have interacted be. with well yeah be. i could tell you
0: some pretty funny stories some wild stuff and and uh here i'll tell you i'll try to tell you a couple of them well one time we went to a i rode the what they call the <clears throat> the modahe trail and that's in uh, north dakota and it's beautiful and it's like 120 miles long and uh So uh, I went up there and uh, where they were going to have this guy was the guide. I'd never been on the model hay trail, so we had to have a guide. And then it was a clinic and I got up there and uh, it was going to be, there was about 15 participants and every one of them was a woman. They were all women. So I had my uh, apprentice with me. I think it was Josh Allen or maybe Doug Adams was with me. I can't remember. And so every day we would go about, you know, 20 miles or so beautiful country and then we'd build a camp and you know i'd answer questions and help the girls with their horses but <clears throat> that swede his name was swede joe he was a big swede guy <laughs> he had the swedish accent and so he he was going to take us down and he said at one at one part we go through the teddy roosevelt national Park. you had that swedish accent he said and this time of year the the buffalo, there's a big buffalo herd in there, wild buffalo. And he said they're breeding. So he said we must be very careful of the buffalo bulls and stuff, because these man, they're they're mean and they can run fast as a horse. And yep. So anyway, so about the third or fourth day we're in this Teddy Roosevelt. We'd made it that far and we go down in the middle of the day in this cottonwood draw and <clears throat> take a little break. Then we get saddled and there's a little creek down there. I swear it ain't two feet wide well the, the the ladies couldn't get their horses to cross the creek and so I literally had to get off my horse I gave my horse to Josh or Doug to hold my horse and uh, so so I'd get each one and have to work with them and finally get the horse to cross the creek or jump the creek and then they'd go up and they'd wait for me out of the grove up on top up there
1: and the the women are on the horses they're on their horses and i had to help every all 15
0: 15 <laughs> could not every so about i'm on about the 15th one and all of a sudden i hear this screaming coming from where they're all congregating oh, they're no. all screaming and then the ground starts rumbling like oh, no. like an earthquake oh no and they're I, all of a sudden I realize they're all screaming buffalo, buffalo, and these buffalo are like stampeding. Yeah. They start coming through the cottonwoods. I'm I'm a foot. I'm the only guy a foot. And all of a sudden, here come all the women. They're they're coming back the way they came. <laughs> Not one of them had any trouble jumping the creek going the other way. Every one of them. Whoa, whoa, and I'm man, I'm dodging buffalo and women behind. And finally I see Josh. He's he's coming with my horse, you know. I'm like, God, thank God. He he doesn't even stop. He just rides by and throws the rain at me. Just every man for himself just gone. <laughs> good luck, so,
2: Craig. Oh, that's <coughs> hilarious. Yeah, good hope, luck, hope Craig. Hope to see so. you tomorrow.
0: <laughs> yeah. But anyway, not one woman had trouble crossing going the other way. Then. Yeah, just need a little need a Full little motivation, noise, yeah. yeah. Golly
2: oh I have that's a dude i've never heard that story that's hilarious that's a good one. Oh my lord <laughs>
1: nobody got hooked
2: oh
1: uh, yeah no, we
0: did here i'll tell you a real, real quick funny one one time i went with ty murray he's a good friend of mine of course you know ty is one of the best rodeo cowboys I ever was and uh, uh nine-time world champion and and uh anyway so i had that ranch in new mexico i think Lincoln. he went up there with me and uh, and he yeah, had beautiful ranch there and and uh, uh so i had seven thousand acres my ranch was just a half a section but i had the ranch next door lease which is seven so ty and i decided we're gonna go up there and just camp out for about a week you know and
3: uh So we take a horse,
0: and we got a pack pack horse, and so we ride up there. And so the first night after we make camp, we're just way up in this wild country. And uh, I break out these kind of these moccasin things, you know. And Ty goes, what are those slippers? I said, those aren't slippers. Those are camp shoes. Well, he gives me the hardest time calling them slippers the whole time. Cameron, he always calls me, Cameron you got your slippers on this evening i mean this went on for a week well (laughs) he had this brand new pair of custom boots well it kind of rained one night the last night before we were going to head out and so the next morning comes and he he cannot we're going to ride out there i mean we're packing all the tents and we're leaving and ty cannot he cannot get those boots on his feet. I mean, we put <laughs> pancake powder in there. We put sand. We tried to use. He could. He could not put those, his feet in those boots. So all of a sudden, you know, he's calling these things slippers. The whole. He finally he went like this, hey uh, Cameron. Uh, think i could borrow those camp shoes <laughs> i went <laughs> camp shoes all of a sudden they're camp shoes yeah, they're not slippers anymore so anyway he had to borrow the the slippers and uh, he had to wear them out there he couldn't get those boots on but all of a sudden they weren't slippers anymore That's they, hilarious. they were they were camp
1: shoes <laughs> yeah. what uh what other celebrities have you been horseback around
0: well you know uh 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 red steagall uh red adair you know the guy that fought the oil fires and stuff like that dale brisby dale brisby heck yeah <laughs> no
2: no not minor yeah. celebrities real celebrities. Yeah. don
0: <laughs> edwards uh uh let's see gosh there's been been quite a few of them actually i'm trying to remember all of them and they've all been Everyone of them's all been kind of good people to work with, and they all had horses. That's what I really loved. And they would send me a horse to work with or something like that. And so, uh, yeah, it's been been fun to get a chance to be around those people. And and of course, you know, uh, you know, Jim sharps has been out there, and Cody Lambert, and uh, a lot of great rodeo cowboys, and uh, you know, having a lot of fun. And then of course we did our our. Cowboy Challenge deal that, that you were in, yep, a yep. couple of them, I think. Yep. And uh, that's always been a lot of fun. Netflix. We had Ted Noose. And, uh, you yeah, know, we did the
2: one on Netflix. Yeah, that was on Netflix. Yeah, yeah we that did our Netflix good, deal also. You yeah. know,
0: everywhere I go, people go, you know Dale Brisbane? I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> I've seen him dance <laughs> yeah, to the thongs, they, the thongs all <laughs> the time. You know what, though? They, every time, I bet this has been brought up a thousand they liked our deal with the knives. And when we, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> we did like
1: 20 videos that day. Yeah. And the ones with the knives, that video went bananas. Yeah, that, that was funny? really good. So, you never yeah. know. You never know what videos no. go. Yeah.
0: No, that was fun. That was <laughs> fun. What, I,
2: you've, you've done so much with horses. Give me an example. Because I know a lot of people, um, you know, they think it's easy. So give me an example of a time when things went Really wrong for you with a horse, and how you, how you got through it.
0: Well, you know, I mean, sometimes you get really tough horses in there, and then people have uh, horses that have maybe been abused, and uh, uh, they've lost that trust. And uh, yeah, they come
2: to you broken that way.
0: They do. And what happens is, is I'll keep a horse like that, and uh, and and get him over it, and get him good. And uh, but what where where the problem starts is when. The people come back and they're they they're amazed at at the change in this horse, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I say, yeah, but uh, uh, he's going to be doing just what he was doing when you brought him here in about a month. And they go, what? Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm, I say because you'll be doing exactly what you did to get him to doing that. And I said, what? Who needs to change now is you. And sometimes that can be very difficult uh, for people. And I don't mean it in an offensive way, but again, uh, the horse changes when the people change because the horse seeks the level of the rider. Mm -hmm. So I like to think of it this way. And and I know you understand when I say, uh, when we get good, the horse gets good. Mm -hmm. And and there is so much truth in that. But, you know, uh, so I I see horses that get, sometimes get a, get a little bit of a bad deal because that rider uh is maybe working through pride and ego a little bit and and uh you know feel like they're a really good rider and stuff and and but uh, again they need to make that change in other words i say don't do it for me do it for yourself and your horse because remember if you can't change you can't grow if you can't grow then you can't be your best and heck if you can't be your best really what the hell else is there so that can be sometimes a little bit frustrating. Sometimes,
2: right there. Yeah, yeah no. We ought to put that on a a t shirt. Yeah. Can't be your best. What the hell? can <laughs> Yeah. <that? laughs> there you go. can <laughs> you yeah. be. That's Great it. Yeah. Has anybody
1: ever told you <laughs> that you um, related you to Christopher Walken? Who's he? The actor. Actor. Who's he? He's an actor. I know, but who is he? What do you trying know? to what think of movies? In? That Craig would know.
0: I'm in sure the you've one seen. Have you, have in you what seen anybody like him?
1: It's like the, your the the way your voice is, your mannerisms. Oh. <clears> really, it's a good yeah. thing.
0: He must be a good-looking guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
1: y'all look the same too. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll try to find a clip of okay, him after well, this. I need to check that walking. out. So, yeah. so
2: you, the you, you, you gotta take the horse and you gotta connect with it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what i am a movie buff though i do like the
0: movies and i I watch a lot of movies uh i I think you can learn from the good movies you know what i always say what makes a good movie a good movie when you can tell it's a good movie is that you never get tired of watching it i mean there's some movies you watch uh, I think oh, I'll never watch that. movie again. that was hard to get yeah. through, or it wasn't entertaining, or something. But
2: give us, give us a like your top five that you like. Five, let's say, uh, let's say you uh, turn the TV on, it's on, and you're like, "Well, I mean, to like,
0: this. like a great movie is, is like like Rocky." You know, I don't mm-hmm. get tired of it. Just uh, just the original one, right? You know. I think was really good, and that's just a great movie. Like Dirty Dancing is a great movie. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at it, and people think, "Wow, I thought he'd say Western." I could name a ton of westerns, you know, as well. I mean, I I love the searchers with John Wayne. I think John Wayne, some of his authentic movies. See, authenticity is the deal in life, in movies, and anything. Authenticity is the deal. See, I love that when you're when you're real. <clears throat> about what it is you're doing or working at or whatever it is, you know, uh, you're authentic. So some of those movies that are the best are are usually authentic like that. I like yeah. that authenticity. So
2: yeah, and I'm he's sure. you're no stranger. You know, people don't know it. you've done so much. I mean, you were you ran track and football. Uh-huh. You, you, people know about bull riding, but you're also a musician. Uh-huh. Uh You play and sing and yeah. and you were on a riverboat you you sang on a riverboat right <laughs> oh well i did a few things you know
0: i don't know about the riverboat deal too much but uh, <laughs> but i've uh, been a lot of places done a lot of things been in some different bands and stuff but yeah. Uh, yeah i love music i think i could if i'd have wanted to i maybe could have taken that trail you know but that cowboy uh, was calling pretty hard you yeah know, so
2: uh, uh you know. i think that's pretty cowboy too yeah you it play is guitar cowboy. you play harmonica Heck
0: yeah man you dang right so and it's fun you know music's fun and uh, you know it's a rhythm and and i think every most good things like when you're really with a horse you know it's a rhythm right there and you're you're in rhythm whether you're on the ground or on his back you know whether you're you're loping or trotting it's always a rhythm so a music is a, the same a lot like that you know and so you get into a rhythm in life so like when i go outside I'll you know being outdoors is where i feel the most natural and so sometimes when when i'm like we were talking about tough horses sometimes i'm riding a tough horse down the trail and i can feel he's tight sometimes which will I think really relaxes the horse, believe it or not. And relaxes me too. If I just kind of sing to him, but I think those old count time cowboys kind of did the same thing. Sure. And so if you can just hum a little tune or something, you know, I think all of a sudden I'm breathing natural. And I think that horse picks up on that. All of a sudden I see that head go down and those ears start wiggling and then my eyes start blinking. And I hear him turning loose of his breath. And so it's a good thing. So anything I can do uh, to get in rhythm and harmony, uh, the same terms you use in music right there with a horse. Well, by gosh, I'm, I'm willing to do it. Yeah.
2: I feel like you've, you're, you know, and my dad does this too. You've done this so long. You do so many things unconsciously anymore. You, you forget what you know, cause <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause you know so much. So it's just routine. Like you said, you, yeah. I don't remember you bringing that up before that when you're alone, you're riding with your horse, yeah. sometimes you hum Yeah, and, uh, and. Yeah that helps you adjust your breathing and connect yeah, to the horse she, yeah. you don't even think about that anymore it's mm-hmm. just part of your, your thing. yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah you know and I, again i think you get in tune with just the whole outdoors you know if you listen you can hear the birds you can hear the wind in the trees and and it is all kind of a melody life's melody you know so again i uh you know i i, I hope we can keep all that going uh here in america you know i think as cowboys like sometimes we're lucky enough to uh it's sometimes it's not always great being in the limelight <laughs> not always but sometimes it's really great and uh you know, as leaders maybe that you know we keep that great tradition of horses and horsemanship and that cowboy way of life alive about you know honesty and truth and straightforwardness say what you mean mean what you say hard working good ethics uh that kind of stuff you know uh, so that in, in, in the cowboy world, I I like to think that we're bringing our kids along. I see Mm -hmm. these young kids coming along and, and I think that's important that we set a good example for them and, and, uh, and, and that you're, you're, you're passing it along. You're, you're willing to give something back, you know? And uh, so again, it's the same with the land as well. You know, I don't like to see the land abused or hurt in any way. And, uh, so again, the same for the animals, you know, uh, man, I like taking care of the animals, whether it's horses or deer or, or birds or whatever, the the ground, the grass, the trees, all that yeah. stuff, you know, it's what, it, what, uh, gives us our, our life in a lot of ways, you know, so, but, uh, yeah. So if we can keep that going and pass that cowboy way of life of taking care uh, mm-hmm. of each other and people and the animals and the land i think then
2: then it gives back to us and you've always you've always said that mm-hmm. i don't want to use the word preach but you have always you've always said that tell so us you, about your know. fingers
0: <laughs> you know uh, uh, that uh well this one that's yeah, really the really bent right there there you go <laughs> so that there that one's kind of broke up a little bit but yeah no a stud got a hold of that one time. And I thought he was gonna gonna bite it off, but uh, I got it back, my I so. <laughs> Got it back. <laughs> but, uh, I was talking most, to yeah.
1: JB <laughs> Mooney yeah. on the phone. I was like, "Oh, I gotta go." Me and Craig are about to do that. And He said, "Well, tell him to get his finger straightened out." <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell him I'll
0: work on that. So yeah, yeah, he's an amazing guy, and uh, yeah, yeah, and I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about him driving over here today, and what a great bull rider he he was and uh, and and just totally fearless like that and I love that you know I, I like that you know and uh, really believed in himself and and that's I think that's an example to be the best in anything you know you believe yep. in yourself you know what you can do you think positive you replace negative thoughts with positive thoughts you replace negative images with positive images I think that's what winners do so yeah jB was probably uh, maybe the best of the best when it comes to that
1: I got three questions left. Um so do you still do internships?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, we still uh I got a guy coming from uh Australia this spring. Mm. Uh I got a young man that's there with me now that's been there about three years. Uh and then uh, and then of course uh Cole, my son, he uh he's writing and doing great and he has uh, people coming that want to ride with him and learn from him because he's he's doing a lot of showing and so he's really uh, uh, taking this to a, another level and doing a great job so uh, yeah so we're still got it rolling on the apprenticeship deal
1: are you uh you doing clinics at your house still
0: oh yeah uh, and they're my favorite because I feel like I have the best facility there and oh yeah we get to go out on the trails and yep. And they have people like Corey come over and stuff and talk about the feeds, and it's just a great, great deal. When's, the, so, when's yeah. your next one? Uh That one will be coming up in the spring. So we just finished our last show here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, for this year. But I'll be headed to Florida in January, and then uh, then we'll start with the clinics at the ranch, and uh, it'll go through the spring and then into the fall. And
1: you know, so they fall. go to craigcameron.com. Yeah,
0: go to craigcameron.com. You bet. Yeah. Sweet. Or ridesmart.com. Yep. Yeah. Ridesmart.com.
1: And That's those two questions. The, yeah. the I, I'm, I'm getting to the last one. The, the, <laughs> how long are those clinics?
0: Oh, they're all different. Uh, we have uh, uh, two day ones, three day ones, five day ones. And, uh, you know, if you're coming, you know, uh, people say, well, uh, should I bring my own horse? Yeah. You know, I tell them, heck yeah, I'll bring your own horse. Once you get here, you're going to wish you had your own horse yep. there. And somebody might be coming, say from uh, Colorado or Wyoming. They go, well, "It's such a long way." And I go, "Well, it didn't like you had to ride him, you know." You, you, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, you stick him in your trailer, and you're there in two days. I mean, or I mean, heck, come you get on, to, yeah, it's stay and, in a and log then, cabin, yeah. And your adventure starts when you load your horse in the trailer. Heck yeah. yeah,
2: you eat at the chuck wagon, you stay in a log cabin. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's a blast. Else. it is fun.
1: So no, the last question we usually wrap these up with just overall life advice maybe it's a quote or something that you live by or or just a phrase but just life advice from craig
0: oh gosh i don't know Uh, i i would say uh you know believe in yourself uh you know uh uh you know help others whenever you can and uh, be a great american practice your rights you know if you don't practice your rights you're going to lose your rights you know uh, man, I'm a, I'm a man of God and man of faith. I, I uh, people ask me if I believe. How can I not believe? I, I see it every day in so many ways. Absolutely. So I keep saying, uh, live like a champion, ride like a champion.
1: That's it. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for coming on, Craig. Oh man, such a it's pleasure. always a pleasure. And, <laughs> hey,
0: I'm really proud of everything you've done, and thank you and, so uh, much. You're doing a great job out there. And uh, what's your philosophy? <sighs>
1: Always give 100% unless you're donating blood. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There it is. All right. How about no, you,
0: Corey? You got a philosophy?
2: Yeah. Um, it's something I've been trying to practice a lot lately. Uh, find something every day to be grateful about and say it out loud. Well,
1: I didn't care how small it that. is. Just be grateful. Yeah. Yeah, we had, uh, I got Marcus Latrell on maybe two or three episodes ago and he said, don't, pet the sweaty things and don't sweat the petty things
0: <laughs> well thanks for having uh, yeah. me
1: yeah no i appreciate you coming on and uh you guys look up craig's stuff look up got a youtube channel full of content um but you can get the one-on-one stuff right there at his ranch and um, i've got i don't
2: know how many videos of craig and your interns on my youtube channel also yeah We've so done a lot total, total feeds channel a lot of great stuff
1: great content yep. you have got his his tapes you can order online but uh yeah. I'd say going to the going to the ranch and doing those clinics is probably no if you can't intern if you don't have ninety days to spare and you can't intern well then you need to go to a clinic so we're on to the next one I'm Dale Brisby RodeoTime dot com pal pal